Welcome to Women Express. Today is going to be a unique conversation. The last time I spoke with you, we were on the outer edge of what was to become a pandemic. And I had a lot of motivational things to say to you then, but unbeknownst to me, as like many of you, I had no idea what we were heading into. And here we are, four weeks later, as promised, but four weeks later in the middle of one of the most, I can't say it's inexplicable, but certainly one of the most unbelievable things that I ever thought would happen in my lifetime. And I'm sure you're thinking the same way too. Today, we're going to take a look at several things that are happening to us as a result of this this crisis, this pandemic, this wind that blew in and, and shook the sails of everyone that I know and beyond. Globally, as well, shook the connection of people, the interaction of people. I'm in the business of training people to present, and all of my clients have pulled back not in a bad way. They've taken to the virtual, which all of us have, thank goodness. Wish I had bought some Zoom stock Mm. about a month ago. But all jokes aside, I know that many of you out there are experiencing some grief, some loss of either friends or family, and my prayers go out to you. My heart goes out to all of us as we begin to explore and try to understand what this is why it is. I think most of us are asking why and how do we rise to the occasion to not only overcome, but set this pendulum straight, this wobble, as it's being called, straight, if we can and can we. So today's topic is, can the power of women lead us beyond this challenging moment? and how to overcome fear. I have with me today a dear friend, and we met, bumped into each other, just kind of how it is for me. I bump into people, and I can say that Lydia is one of the most remarkable women that I know. Her story is very deep, very unique. I don't want to read her bio because I think she'll do a much better job at telling her story than I will. I can do a good job by saying she's a really good friend. And every time that we are together, which is not every day, which is not every month, sometimes you go months, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. And we bump into each other and we immediately go deep, deep into an understanding of who we are as women, deep in an understanding of who, speaking of self, that we bring to the table and how we can further that for ourselves and for each other. It's always a mastermind meeting, always a next step, always inspiring to spend time with Lydia. And I just felt that L.Y., Lydia Marlowe, was the person that would be perfect for this, this experience that we're all having in our world with the coronavirus. I want to start out, I want to let you know that a lot of today, what we're going to talk about, we are going to do a Q&A, an interview, and some of this is going to be about some inspiration that I've had. I actually wrote something out, and I normally don't write something out to present it, but this just struck me in that way, and so here we go. And it's going to be a chance for you to have a call to action at the very end, where I'm going to ask you to take steps. And that's unique. 
Mm. One of my other friends inspired me with that. She said, you've got to ask people to take steps. <laughs> but this, so this is going to be a call to action at the very end of this talk. But I'm going to start out with what I wrote. And in the middle, we'll do the interview. And at the end, I will close up with what I wrote. I woke up to fear. I woke up that morning, that morning three and a half weeks ago, gripped in fear of not knowing of the uncertain. What does this mean for my life? How will I provide for my family? What will I do to keep my own sanity and the shake of all the things coming apart? Everything I know, everything I see, and if I dig a little deeper, everything I thought I was or mm. that I am. How do I rise to this challenge? How do I overcome this challenge? And what is my part in that? It gripped me for days. I couldn't believe what I'm experiencing. Pandemic in my lifetime? What does this mean? There's a quote by Francis of Assisi that I want to share with you, and then we'll bring Lydia on. Start by doing what is necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible because you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust your sails. And I know many of you are doing much, but the most important thing is we're learning how to be at home be together again, even if the space gets a little tight with the son who keeps running up to you, mom, can you massage my shoulders? That's what's happening in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and eating constantly. But this is a time to go back to the nest and begin to burrow in and see and find out, to keep yourself safe, to keep other people safe, and to really wrap your arms around what it means what that gripping fear could actually mean and how it could evolve you. So Lydia, I'm going to let you tell your story. And as our listeners will hear, fear has a base to it, to your story, but it also was a motivator in your life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I have to start by saying, I mean, I was just immersed in everything that you were just saying, particularly about doing what's necessary, doing what's possible, and even confronting the impossible. And I feel like that's how my life has unfolded. It was inspired in a sorts of a mastermind, if you will. My journey and my story was inspired by what I felt I needed to do that was necessary, then moved into what was possible and then into impossible. And what was necessary was more than 13 years ago, I walked away from a 20 plus year corporate career. I was at the height of my career. I was in uh, corporate America in the technology and government sectors doing some very important work at the time, working for global corporations. Convinced I was going to shatter the glass ceiling, let alone rise to it. But what was necessary at the time was I was also struggling with a family pandemic of his own, domestic violence. 
I come from a family of, at that time, four generations of domestic violence in my family, my grandmother, my mother, myself, and my daughter, who experienced over 60 plus years of domestic violence, but it would be my daughter's little girl named Promise that became the fifth generation when she lay on the bed next to my daughter as my daughter was strangled and almost killed for the second time by Promise's father. And so that urgency, that calling, I don't even think it was just inspirational. That necessitated my leaving my corporate career to launch a national organization called Saving Promise. My daughter's little girl name is Promise. And I would go on and walk blindly into this space, into this world of the nonprofit world to try to save Promise with the bigger vision to save other little girls and mothers and daughters and men and and young boys from this pandemic at the time. But nothing could have prepared me for what was to come when I started to struggle with my own fears and my own challenges what would I finally come to refer to as my masters? In my third book, I'm also an author, and uh, Color Me Butterfly was my first book where I wrote the story about the four generations. And Promise was born the same year that book was published in 2007. And I would go on and launch that organization. And then nearly 10 years later, I would write the story in my third book called Don't Look at the Masters which was inspired by promise, some words promise said to me when she was three years old, when I was going through a very difficult time, I was going through a divorce, I was my mother, I just lost my mother, I walked away from that promising career and things weren't going very well, saving promise, and I was struggling with all kinds of monsters, fear, worry, doubt, regret, guilt, grief, you name it, I was dealing with it. And I remember I was coming, Denise, from New York City. I had been in New York all day speaking to come home the next morning to hop a flight to Seattle to speak at a conference. And I remember calling my daughter and her picking up the phone. And at this point, she knew and had become familiar with my calling her in this way. And she said, Mom, hold on. As soon as she heard my voice, I was crying. And she put Promise on the phone. And Promise was three at the time. And Promise gets on the phone. And she says, Bumblebee, are you crying? She calls me Bumblebee. And I said, yes, baby, I'm crying. What this little girl said to me next really changed the trajectory of my life and where I now was going to be going towards the possible. She said to me, but Bumblebee, just don't look at the monsters. And She said that because that's what she called it, monsters, when she discovered she was afraid of the dark. And my daughter and I would say to her, just close your eyes real tight and don't look at the monsters because she called it monsters. And so that inspiration would then lead to my not only third book, but when I started touring that book and started speaking to other women about my monsters, they started to resonate and would begin to share about their monsters. And it would be that story and that journey that would inspire me to launch a brand called Monsterize to help women rise above their monsters. And that's interesting because today's talk is, you know, it's as I was writing everything down, it was all about rise. And then, of course, in the background, I'm listening to music and 
I can't remember who the singer is, so forgive me out there. Don't hold this against me, but she always sings Rise Up. I Rise Up. Yeah, I love that song. And that was while I was writing that. That's yes. you know, so it's it all about rising up. Yeah. That's so the song I play whenever I speak for a Monster Rise event or workshop. Oh, my goodness. It's such a great song, and it's such a great opportunity that we're experiencing now. I mean, those things that you went through were very deep and unfortunate, and I'm sure that many women out there right now are feeling that, you know, there's some deep and unfortunate things that are happening, maybe not directly to them, but women being so empathic, I'm sure we, you know, I was sitting in a meeting with women yesterday and everybody had a story. Some things were happening to them, but a lot of the stories were about the things that were happening to others. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing about women is that we are such nurturers and we, community is so important to us. This is, I would believe, probably one of the hardest things to go through. It really is. It really is. I think we are experiencing a fear that is unbeknownst to anything we could have ever imagined. Who knew in this day and time, in this in this new era, it's not even a new year, it's a new era. <laughs> this is, the, this is oh my 2020 celebrates many things and recognizes many things. One of which is, is the hundred, it marks the 100th year of when women got the right to vote. That's right. That's right. In the last podcast, I talked about Harriet Tubman. I, I didn't know until I went to a suffragette kind of anniversary meeting. And one of the speakers that spoke at it was the CEO of the Harriet Tubman house and talked about how a lot of the suffragettes really depended on her and her vision because she took people from slavery into freedom. And they saw that that was also the same kind of thing that was happening for women to and their right to vote. So there is a lot that that adversity can bring to us. So tell us a little bit more about how you got through adversity. What are some of the things you actually did? You know, the things that I come to learn to do was really inspired and empowered by the things that I was not sure about what and how to do. <laughs> you know, and you say it, you said it, you know, adversity not only builds character, but it certainly creates an opportunity for growth. And so when I was wallowing in my monsters, in my fear, in my worry, in my doubt, and even still to this day do sometimes, yeah. you know, one of the, the subtitle of my book is, you know, one woman's journey to embrace a purposeful life, the gifts, the lessons, and the blessings. And so the way that I try to stay mindful and when I'm particularly confronting my fears and even confronting everything that we're all struggling with in this day and age and this time right now is what is, there has to be either a gift and yes. sometimes gifts aren't bow wrapped and beautiful. They might be painful but in the, at the end of that darkness and that tunnel is light. Yes. There needs to be either a lesson. What is this here to teach me? Yes. Like, what is this here to teach me? Be still, listen, and figure out what it is to teach me. It hurts when you're in it and you don't know the lesson, what the lesson means. And, you know, I remember one time I even said, you know, I pray a lot. And, and my prayer sometimes is, God, please don't send me no lesson. I just, <laughs> I, I can't handle another lesson right now. Yes. Right? Yes, I understand. And on the other end of that is the blessing. 
right? So if there's a gift, a lesson, or a blessing, sometimes even when people walk out of our lives or we walk away from a life that we were comfortable with and maybe we are inspired to follow our dreams or whatever, but we're afraid and we're consumed by fear, you know, the blessing might be that probably was the best thing you could have done was walked away from that job or walked away from that relationship or, or stay home or stay home. Right. <laughs> right. Even though it doesn't feel great. Yeah. Right. Even though it doesn't feel great. So I think for me is constantly trying to find the gift, the lesson or the blessing in whatever I'm going through. And even in this moment now, we're all quarantined, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we're in the state of Maryland and, and the gov- our governor announced just two days ago a stay at home mandate. Yeah. So now we are required to be in the home. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so while we're here, this is a time to really think and think about, you know, what what is this here to teach us? Because if we wake up in June or July or next October or 2021, however long this thing is going to last, in this day and age, and, and when I say this thing, I'm not just talking about the coronavirus. I think this is bigger than the coronavirus. I do too. I think that absolutely is tragic. There's tragedy in the coronavirus, but the more tragic thing is going to be if we all just pick up business as usual, yes. when they say, okay, you can walk back outside and yes. you can touch each other and we just go back to our typical lifestyle and act like this never happened. And you know, it's interesting because I have to admit, I was kind of stumped at what to say today. I just, I wasn't sure if I was, had the volume inside of myself to address this or it just, I was stuck. So I sent out a, it was my own kind of fear. And I was, because me not talking, that's something. I sent out a survey to a couple of my women friends just to say to them, if you were to hear a podcast or to, you know, attend a webinar that I was giving, what would be the topic? I mean, what would you like to hear me say? Mm-hmm. And, and one of my friends wrote back and I'm in a group with her around climate change. And so these are women that are really strong about the way they feel on climate and how soon we got to get our act together. One of the things that are going on right now, she said, not only do we need to rise up, we must, and as women, and we can't go back to the way it was, the, the mm-hmm. old usual. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, those old paradigms, we've been watching that old male paradigm in place, really rearing its head around, you know, all kinds of the whole paradigm of pushing people away and everything that's kind of the antithesis of a woman. You know, I'm not saying that women can't think some of these things too. It's a paradigm. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is, is that generally speaking, we're more, we're more community oriented. We're, more, you know, we, we tend to be more diverse in our thinking. There's tendencies there, but I think we need to stop kidding around the tendency stuff and start standing up about the traits that we bring to the table. And to really Absolutely. live those things is the only way we're going to move this paradigm that is, you know, all about greed, all about money. It's all about me. It's all about, you know, all that cold hearted stuff is to bring in the skill sets, to bring in the wisdom, to bring in the way of being that women are. Absolutely. And be courageous enough to acknowledge that we all have monsters. Yes, we do. And, you know, take off the makeup 
and the mask, and I mean that very respectfully. I don't mean figuratively the makeup. I mean the makeup of what makes us segregate and distance ourselves. And stop. Yes, and build greater connection, mm-hmm. particularly amongst women, and stand up and be able to say we are good enough and we are going to rise to the occasion and reach out and help another woman up. Yep. You know what I mean? And find ways that we could first confront our own fears before we try to battle the fears of the world. Yes. So this separation thing that we're going through is an opportunity for us to turn within and take a look. Take a look at what we bring to the table. Take a look at what is our makeup. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're being in a way that somebody else is dictating for us to be. Right. You know, this is a time for you to redefine yourself. Just do the hard, this is the hard work. You know how hard it is to go to the darn grocery store these days? I've got to put my gloves on. I've got to take my big, huge bottle of Lysol, you know, and then I get there and take a tissue and push on the pin number in and don't let anybody touch my card. And I mean, I'm kind of laughing and making joke of it, but the bottom line is this is the time to turn within. And those fears to stand, stand solid in yourself and to make a decision about being here, mm-hmm. how to contribute. Tell me a little bit more about that monster fear and how it works. You know, as I shared in my own story, you know, monsters, when I wrote Don't Look at the Monster, there were 13 monsters that I uncovered in in the book for myself. And it was my memoir. And so I didn't talk about fear. Fear was alter ego. Fear was a character. Fear was me. Fear lived in me. Worry lived in me. Doubt lived in me. Regret lived in me. All these things. And all these things were creating a level of suffering Mm. and toxicity and keeping me stuck in this place of feeling victimized in so many ways. And I'm not talking about victimized like in my work that I do with my nonprofit, Saving Promise. I'm not talking about that type of victimization. I'm talking about self-sabotage or self-talk. Yes. A lot of self-talk, a lot of belittling in my own thoughts. There's a lot of, you know, lack thinking lack, like I don't deserve, like even when I go out and do a talk right now and someone reaches out to me and they say, Hey, LY, we really want you to come and speak. And I've done a lot of talks for free. I mean, I was the free queen, (laughs) but now I I realize that free sometimes is not showing my value and their value. Because if I show up for free, am I really giving them the worth that they deserve? And I didn't know how to to put it. Yeah. I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted to, the value I wanted to bring. Mm -hmm. So rather than ask for what I want and what I need to bring them the value that they deserve, sometimes I say, oh, no problem. Don't worry. I, you know, I'll do it for free. But what was I really cheating myself? So that was my lack, the way I thought in terms of my lack. And those lacks was why I was writing that book and had all those monsters because now there I was, I was bankrupt emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. Who does that help? 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't help right? anybody. It's interesting because some of you may be sitting out there saying, well, I mean, and there's some of you out there that are going to experience lack. So how are you going to handle yourself on the other side? When the opportunity comes up for you to ask for what you deserve. See, this is why this is an opportunity. And tonight, that doesn't say tonight I won't go and bite my fingers because I will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's each day is an emotional roller coaster. It's not as big a, you know, I don't have as many big ups and downs as I was having in the beginning because I am staying centered with surrounding myself with people who give me positive feedback, asking for what I want. Yes. And asking for what I deserve. It's interesting. I'm in the communication industry. So, you know, I do conferences and things like that. Well, hello. That's one of the first things that was kind of the plug was pulled on. And and the good news of it is, is I have really good clients. And part of it is, is, is building that community. They're, most of my clients feel like family more than they are clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually asked someone to support me financially for a couple of months. And the response was, I bit my fingernails, but I asked. Mm-hmm. And the response was yes. Absolutely. And you know, what, what I've come to learn we are more afraid of asking than the other side of who we're asking them saying no. Yeah. no most and often, if not, people will say yes. Mm-hmm. And I experienced this recently. I was asked to do a, a, an event and I said, you know, she said, well, we don't typically pay for our speakers. And I said, well, you know what? I said, well, I can respect that. I, I completely understand it. But let me share with you why. I feel the value that I'm going to bring to you. I didn't make it about what I needed. I made it about what they needed and my being able to bring that value. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, that changed, not only did that change her mind, she asked me to write a full proposal for something else. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. so I think that, and this is part of what we're talking about, Denise, in terms of the fears, but how can we use this time while we're sequestered, in our own spaces or quarantined or whatever we want to call it, right? To really do some deep dive exploration around when those sanctions are lifted. When we're looking back on this as, do you remember what happened then? Mm -hmm. We're looking back on this moment. How are we going to come out on the other side of this? Exactly. Yeah. How are we going to come out and what are we going to contribute and how do we hold on to our center? You know, the funny thing about, I came up with this concept, spiral leadership, for those women who are listening that have followed my, my different podcasts and who have taken my webinars and seminars, you know that this concept of the spiral is always present. And the reason for that is, is I had a woman come to me when I first started doing presentation skills training. And she came to me more for advice around how to be a a woman leader. And I was sitting in what was, because I had a home office, so I'm sitting in my home office and we're talking and she was from a really large tech company. She had been a manager and she wanted to move up to director and everything that she did, she couldn't get there. So I said, well, let's take a look at power. Mm. How can we get you to be more powerful? Let's take a look at that. What things in nature are more powerful? And so we thought about wind. And if you think about a gust of wind, it blows everything away from you. 
-hmm. whereas a spiral uses everything that it brings into itself to gain momentum. It can move a whole city block. Oh, wow. Like a tornado. And think about that. In the middle of the tornado is the eye. Mm. And the eye is centered. There's no activity there. Mm. So as we start to talk about sequestered and all the other things that we're talking about, I realize that for me, it's sequestered, but more than anything, I'm in my cave. I'm in my cave to Mm -hmm. self-discover. Every morning, instead of listening to the news, which I have not listened to for three weeks, Mm -hmm. I ask myself, my higher self, the universe, whatever you call it, how do I align with who I truly am? Mm-hmm. And just listen. And that's so important right now because if we don't use some of this time to listen to our inner voice and listen to our inner selves and, you know, what is it on the other side of this? Who will I be? Yes. And how will I show up? Right? Mm-hmm. Not just show out, meaning show out of these this sequesterness, but how will I show up in this next? This really is a next chapter for us all. For us all. This for really all. is a next chapter for us all. May not have been the one we chose, but I think it'll do the trick. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and it forces us to slow down. You know, I, after I got used to the, we all had routines. Like one thing I love to do is I love to, I love to hike. I love you. You saw me. I think we met because. On the trail. Yeah, on the trail, right? Mm-hmm. I love to go and have coffee and work at a Starbucks or, or gourmet coffee shop. I love to go to the gym every other day. I love to be out. And that for me shook up my whole like life's in terms of how I think better, right? So now it's forcing me to think of ways to think better in this time of being, I want to say shut in, but certainly not being able to have the kinds of comforts that I surrounded myself with to help me kind of evolve in my life. And so now I have to find new comforts to figure out how do I how do I continue on my path of healing and growth? Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. It's amazing what we're going through, how we're going through it, and what we can take with us to the other side. And hopefully, we can take a new perspective of ourselves. And you know, it's interesting. I'm doing a lot of inspirational reading, and mm-hmm. you know, Michelle Obama's one, a really good one to do, and the other one is. There are lots of good books to read. I mean, I can't really say any that we should or shouldn't. But the interesting thing is, is bravery. It takes guts to change. It does. It does. And I I think that's what I was resistant to change, which was pretty much triggering many of my monsters. And what I mean by resistant to change, I don't mean if somebody, you know, if there was an opportunity or something or a new job or new, new whatever, I was, you know, a new business venture or whatever, I was resistant to do that. I was resistant to listen to my inner voice yeah. 
when even when it was trying to keep me safe from situations that might have harmed me emotionally, physically, financially, right? And sometimes I'm the kind of person, when I do something, I try to give 150%, whatever I do. And in having that type of mentality sometimes is restrictive because you tend to be a, a controller. Mm. You try to control the outcome. Oh my. You try to, <laughs> you know, try to navigate it on my own. Yeah. You know, you can't drive, you can't coast a ship on your own. If there are too many yeah. controls, yeah. there are too many elements. You don't have it all. Even though I might know a lot of different things. Like if I needed, when I was launching my business, if I needed to get a website done, if I needed to set up social media, if I needed, I know how to do all that, right? But do I want to spend my time setting up a website or do I want to spend my time building my brand, right? And for me, it was easier sometimes I would tell myself, let me do the site myself because I know exactly what I want and then I won't be frustrated when somebody does it the way I don't want it or, you know, don't give me what I need. But is that really the best value for my time? Mm -hmm. So when I talk about value, whether we're giving value to others, we have to also start to value ourselves. We have to start start there. Yeah. Start to rethink how we're choosing to spend our time. You mentioned you haven't watched the news in three weeks. I haven't watched the news in about 10 years (laughs) because I decided 10 plus years ago, I did not want to download into my spirit anything negative. Now, I'm going to tell my friends out there who love the news. We're not telling you you can't have the news, but just be careful, especially right now. I would say in the last several years, just be careful what you let inside of you. You know, we're going out inside your brain, inside your brain, inside your, your emotional space, because I've seen so many people swing back and forth, not only in fear, but, you know, just doubt because someone said that they couldn't. And believe me, I would not be where I am today if I had let people tell me that I couldn't or that this is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, I'm praying and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make this religious. This is a spiritual experience for me. My hope is that each of us find our independent individual self that will help justify, not justify, validate or shine light on the collective self, that everybody stand up and be who they are. It's only what's going to make it more interesting. But we've been all trying to go this one way and letting people tell us, especially women, tell us who we are. You can't be defined. Only you can define yourself. We're and preaching today, aren't we? We are preaching. You know, when I, when I started to prepare for this, and I'm, I'm going to cover a couple of things real quickly. Sure. I was reminded of a blog that I wrote probably about two years ago called 33 Reasons Why You Should Make Fear Your Friend. Oh. So we're all living in fear right now. And when I, when I think of fear, I'm not just talking about the fear of the coronavirus and everything that we're experiencing. That clearly is real. But also, you think of the coronavirus as a pandemic in our lives that have prevented us from stepping outside of our comfort zone, right? Or stepping outside of our faith and wanting to have faith in something we want to do, but was too afraid to go forward. 
So really use the corona. That's why I said this is bigger than just this virus that's going around. There's a virus within ourselves oftentimes that we have been sequestering our own truth, right? And so some of the things that I re- was reminded of, and I pulled it from that blog, why 33 reasons why you should make fear your friend. And there, here are a few that I pulled from that blog. Number one, it forces you to take risk, right? Because if after this thing is behind us, how many of us going to be bigger risk takers to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid to do what I was calling me to do, whatever that might be. Maybe it doesn't have to be a business venture. It might be, you know, you've been stuck in the same job for 20 years and you, you don't want to do that. Or it might be you wanted to try a hobby or you want to, whatever that might be. Or, or you wanted to work less hours. <laughs> yeah, really. Or from home. Or work from home, right? Another thing is it empowers you to do something that you never have done before, right? To take that type of risk. It certainly is helping us grow, right? Mm-hmm. This fear is helping us grow. We're learning to be in quiet to ourselves because sometimes, what I mean by quiet, meaning if you're used to kind of getting out and doing things or whatever, it's forcing you to kind of stay, be still. Maybe that's the better word, mm-hmm. to be still. It might give you the courage. I think you just talked about being courageous, having bravery, mm-hmm. right? It certainly is awakening. Yes, this it is. Fear is yeah. really awakening. It's about awakening. Yes, it is. And it's rousing. I know for me, it's rousing my mental, my physical, my emotional, and my spiritual growth. Yes. It really is. And most of all, it certainly is emboldening us after this is behind us to be more fearless. Yes. Right? To be more fearless. So those are some kinds of things I wanted to share that just, you know, even when talking, I, I always try to look for what is it that if you were to ask me, you know, L.Y. or Lydia, what, what words of wisdom would you leave? Those are some of the words of wisdom. Those are really good words of wisdom. I really appreciate that, too. I really appreciate having you. One little thing I'll add to that. Some, most of you know the Chicken Soup books from in the, where were they, in the early 90s, I guess. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Jack Canfield is one of the the writers of those books, and he said, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Mm. (laughs) Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I think you said this whole thing is oftentimes the way that the paradigm is set in our world right now, you know, to have a spiritual center, to have a center, to have that solid center, like the, the eye of the storm is not encouraged. But I think it's important for us to find it during this time because there are all the answers that we're looking for. Absolutely. There are three things I do every morning before my feet hit the floor out of my bed. First, I sit up as soon as I wake up and I meditate. You know, it could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 20 minutes. I practice transcendental meditation, which is upwards of 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. The second thing I do is pray. I do not get up without prayer and whatever that prayer might mean for you. It, yeah. You know, prayer is, there is a deeper level of praying if you're not religious of prayer. Right. Yeah. And then thirdly, I do something that I just started to do that I've taken on called uh, emotional 
uh, freedom technique, which is EFT tapping. Yes, yes, I've heard about that. Yeah, and so so I tap. EFT um, tapping. I hear it really yeah. releases a lot of emotional places you're stuck. Yeah, and I think that's a, a practice that I think people should be employing right now to get through this process. So those that are not familiar with it, I would encourage them to look at EFT. EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, Mm -hmm. and it's all about releasing, you talked about the emotional intelligence, right? There's a book that was out years ago that was called Emotional Intelligence. A lot of things that prevent us, a lot of fear-based issues, and even what we're all dealing with right now is more emotional than physical. Yes, it is. It lodges itself in the physical. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's just more emotional. Yeah. EFT. I forgot all about that. So EFT, Reiki, yoga, meditation. These are all things that we can do to help get us through this. And I'm sure there's going to be a little post-traumatic stress syndrome as a result of it. So Mm -hmm. these techniques we're talking about are very, very important ways to center yourself. Absolutely. And to release emotional toxicity is Mm -hmm. an important piece to the puzzle. So the call to action is to find a way to center yourself, to release emotional fears, anxieties. So a lot of time those fears bring anxiety, gut-wrenching anxiety. Anything that can help you be more mindful or prayerful whether it's the universe, whatever you conceive, the higher power within you to be, mm-hmm. align with it, ask questions, ask for answers. You know, I, I heard this uh, documentary the other day about guardian angels. So whatever will help you center yourself, please mm-hmm. find that thing. Journaling, that helps. Mm-hmm. That helps center mm-hmm. yourself. So that's the call to action for this call today. I have a couple of other things I want to share from the poetry, or it's not poetry, but what I wrote. But I want to thank you, L.Y. Absolutely. Is there anything else? I certainly want you to let people know about your website, which is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Love no, it. just, you YouTube. know. YouTube. Yeah, visit my site. is Masterize, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-I-S-E, or L.Y. Marlowe. L-Y-M-A-R-L-O-W.com and, and look up the Stop Living with Monsters YouTube channel we just launched where we, I debut my sidekick, Fear, which is, uh, you know, a, a little puppet that comes to life and helps me work through some of my own anxieties and how I can use those to help you overcome your fears as well. That's great. Well, please do visit her website, subscribe to her YouTube channel. I just want to say this, and if you don't mind hanging in there until the end, just to listen, she's L.Y. Lydia is such a support system for me. So the other thing that I would say is, yes, we're social distancing, but we can continue to text and Zoom and Skype and Mm -hmm. Google Hangout with the people that inspire you. I can tell you this for certain, listening over and over again about what we can do and who is happening to. It's not a bad thing to check in to see what's going on, but a good six, five, six, seven hours of it is, is more than you can bear. So, or at least I'm thinking you can bear, but find moments in the day to check out of whatever you're doing or not doing 
and check in with the people who will lift you up, who will help you rise above. Because you know what? It is our time. Whether you're believing it or not, it's our time. And the last raise or the way that we rose up was at that march. And I'll never forget it. That changed the way women are in the world. And I can guarantee you from my heart's desire that this will be a way that we will change the world again. Adversity always brings with it opportunity, bringing out the best in us if we choose. Act by giving what we can, but don't be afraid to receive. Mm. Rise up, we must, together and separately. Open more to collective strength. Be awake to what is resilient in you. Innovate, innovative, creative, transformative, expand, mm. quiet time, and time out. Expand your sense of self, repurpose, reimagine, new birth, new expectancy, mm. window visit, Zoom happy hours. Balcony singing, piano concerts from the courtyard. Take precautions and cry, let go, experience loss, scream, be scared, have grief. Mm. Then pause, become, smile, laugh a lot. Dream again. Seek. Breathe. Do yoga. Find your center. Be humbled and look for a way to soar. Reach out from your heart through the virtual world globally. Because on the other side of this, I believe this challenge this disruptive, sad event will inspire the best in us as women. We who are uniquely prepared to lead, reflect, and step up. Let this be a defining moment that you create. Don't let the moment define you. Mm. We can change. We can create something bold and new and good and decent and nurturing for the whole world to experience grace and determination with fortitude. We will rise up, facing our new normal, hearts wide open. Mm. Thank wow. you for being here today. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. This is the call to action, a second call to action. Please visit us on www.womenexpress.com and subscribe. And I'm going to ask you to share this podcast with a friend. This is the time to create what we call that daisy chain of support of the women in your life. So share it. I've also given it to the men in my life as well. Women Expressos, we're going to start having Zoom coffee moments together bi-weekly where we'll check in and support one another. If you're interested, I need you to sign up by going to www womenexpresspodcast.com. And when you get there, when it says contact us, click on that window and send us your name, your email address, 
and we'll let you know when the times and dates are going to be for our biweekly Women Espresso coffee get-togethers. You don't have to drink coffee. You can bring tea if you like. <laughs> and then we're also going to be doing webinars. I'm going to be putting together webinars for during this time for virtual events to help us be ready to meet the challenges and the things that we're going to bring with us to the other side. So in that, I'm going to say, I promised you that I will always bring to you as many everyday Oprahs as I can. And I think that Lydia rose to that occasion today, even though she's a best-selling author. I think her everyday experiences is something that each of you, I wish, will help to change the way that you see your world and begin to express. So come on, women, let's express. And that's it. Act responsibly, stay well, stay centered, and believe we can. Stay strong. Thanks for listening today. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review and subscribe. And if you love the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. Let's collectively women express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.